You are listening to Fika with Vicky on United Public Radio, 107.7 and 105.3 from New Orleans. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fika. Our guest today is... Brian Greiner. And I started early again. I didn't mean to. It was an accident. Brian has run away. <laughs> I read the clock wrong. Um, I, think I'm, I read the clock wrong. So we're just going to sit here and wait until it is time to start the show, Brian. It will start it officially. At one. But, but at one. So okay. so we're on the air now. One person watching. We are on the air now. Oh, okay. Brian, well, then, because that's I why I stepped away for a minute. Because yeah, I'm. You you slipped away. And why didn't you say stop, Vicky? Stop. You were. Oh, I can't believe this. Okay. So there's only there's two people out there watching now, and if you just came in, this is Brian Greiner, the author yeah. that we're having today. And I started accidentally early. It's a thing. It's a thing that that happens. Um, this is twice that it happened, and I just am not doing well. Okay, so Brian, I'm assuming that these are people that we know. Let's go to the comments and see. They're not making any comments. So. I don't even know. I don't want to start yet. Hey, Ryan, watched anything good on television lately? Read any good books? <laughs> fixed a good kitchen sink? You fixed a good... Yes, yes, Ryan was telling me the tales of his kitchen sink fixing this morning. And I was telling him the tales of, of my washing machine um, sorrows. And that is what happens in the real life of people who do radio shows and podcasts and people who write books they have plumbing problems <laughs> life happens to it life happens yep. so oh my goodness um so we did the plumbing part and and we discussed brian's wonderful decorating of his lair it doesn't you know there's been a few additions since i saw it last Brian, do you want to tell us about what what are the names of your creatures behind you? Um, well, the gargoyle is called Gar. Oh. Uh, <laughs> he lives a full and exciting I'm life. I'm you as being a creative guy, and you called the gargoyle Gar? That's what he told me his name was. Uh, I can't be blamed for uh, is what my character's. Uh, call call themselves um oh. i've got i've got mini me my yeah, little I clone see, i see mini me has gotten a lot of attention and <laughs> and um my wife yeah. hated that picture i <laughs> that picture I, has, I, 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 I showed it to her and she goes oh god didn't you send her a better picture I do. And I will disclose the better picture um, on your thank you post because we have actually seen you at that point. For those yes. who are listening to this on one of the podcast uh, 
podcast platforms. I apologize, but you're getting to hear a little bit that other people don't get to hear. So, so far we have covered plumbing problems and we have covered Brian's decorating, which you can't see, but it's definitely a lair and there are creatures behind him and there are creatures in his mind, which we will find about out about later. And this is one of our more congenial moments <laughs> because he's being kind because Vicky has gotten herself into a mess again. I'm always kind, Vicky. You know that. Uh, you're always kind. I wish somebody out there who was, there's two people that are, are watching early and they can comment early. We'll see it and it will give us something to, you know, just say, it's okay, Vicky. We know that you do the best that you can do. And we're really, really, really rooting for you to get through this. It is now 12.55 and I am five minutes early still. So... What do you want to talk about, Brian, before I introduce you? Um, something that the other people don't get to hear, you know, like. Oh, they don't get to hear? Um, something for the, the early guys, you know, the podcast <laughs> people. Well, um, well, all of those people. One thing I've been uh, thinking about more is uh, how to keep notes. Um, I was chatting with my vet about that, actually, when I took Eddie in. For a shot on Tuesday, and um, which which was interesting because I haven't actually talked to the vet for like three years is because of COVID. Um, this is the first time that we've been allowed, or uh, the owners have been allowed in with the animal. Um, oh, that's kind this. of sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Um, I um, I had given a handful of my calendars out. I don't know if you want to talk about the calendars now, uh, but I uh, made up some calendars. It's with uh, various pictures, um, like this. Yep, I, I was going to show. Okay, and I mine. and I sent one to, to Vicky even before she had her podcast, so it wasn't a bribe. <laughs> but one thing that I that I did it is I worked. added. Um, a little PR thing on the back cover showing all of my books. Anyway, um, my vet thanked me for the calendar. She said it was hanging up at home. And she was looking at the back and she never realized that I was an author. And it turns out she is a great reader and will read just about anything. So may or may not buy some of my books. Um, I think the lesson there is um, mention you're an author to everyone. <laughs> yeah, market market constantly. When yeah. they ask, don't um, don't be shy. I mean, yeah, imposter syndrome sort of makes people say, um, you know, I I rake the grass uh, yeah. instead of saying I write. And you're not forcing people to, but it's yeah, you feel like yeah. you're being pushy all the time. So anyway, um, you know, it's it's that was a subtle. Um, that was a uh, a uh, subtle bit of marketing, but it might pay off. Um, if you're going to market, um, I also have made up a bunch of business cards, uh, one card for every book. I don't have any samples here because I didn't think to bring any down. But it's basically the cover, um, where to buy the books, and then on the back, there's the blurb. 
So it's a handy thing to just to give out. I keep a handful in my wallet at all times. Um, and you're uh, a hands-on marketer. Sorry. You're a hands-on marketer. Yeah. You're out on the street doing. Uh, no, 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 no. There are people out <laughs> out on the street. I will casually mention it. I mentioned it to my optometrist, and it turns out that he's a science fiction fan. So he bought a couple. He bought three of the Bob books. Which is um, which is the place to start with Brian writing. Yep. Okay. I think we're just about ready to go, Brian. So yep. with that, I'm going to give an introduction so that Louis22, who said Bing Shaling. Um, do you know Louis? No. Oh, Louis, you're new. Hi, how are you? Um welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Our guest today, <clears throat> visiting from his lair in an undisclosed location is Brian Greiner. Or if you listen to Fika, you might know him as Brian from the comments section. Brian is the author of The Ascending Darkness, which is a political thriller series. The Accursed North, which is a horror thriller series. And the Saga of Bob series, which if you ask me is pure science fiction gold. His newest work, Haiku Cat, a book of haiku inspired by or possibly written by his cat, I'm not sure, came out last week. And it's per, I can't do it. I can't do it. Right. It's perfect. <laughs> I cannot do the word. Thank you. It was the Saga of Bob series that drew me to Brian's writing. Bob is the kind of guy you want to have a chat with in a pub. He's world-worn, but not world-torn. He still has his virtues, his ideals, which is a word that Brian will argue and has. And Bob still has his precepts of survival to get him through the day. But I'm supposed to be introducing Brian, not Bob. So Brian is a puzzle. You never know where his, you never know where his mind and his creativity are going to take him or even you. And his generosity in sharing both is legendary, though he may argue that too. <laughs> Welcome to Fika, Brian. Thank you, Vicky. You're very kind. Oh. Today, it won't last for long, Brian. You know, this. no, true. <laughs> but don't forget, there are witnesses this time. <laughs> there are witnesses because that would, <laughs> that would stop us. <laughs> okay, there's always witnesses at, at Writers Group, and we still carry on the same way. So let's start at the beginning with your first series, Ascending Darkness. That was back in 200, 2014. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was really long, long time you. ago. I... <laughs> 2014. And there's been 10 novels since then, plus Haiku Cat. So <laughs> that was so tell us what got you started writing and a little bit about the series itself. Um, well, I've always been a lover of books, you know. I've always collected books, many, many, many books throughout the years. Um, and to me, books are magic. Libraries are sacred places. And, um, but writing always seemed like something for um, a special elite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then as I got older, um, the elites, didn't seem to matter as much. And then a thing called NaNoWriMo, National November Writing Month. 
And uh, my sister-in-law was over and we got to drinking as we do, uh, sipping whiskey. And um, we started talking about nano and we egged each other on and said, yeah, yeah, you do it. Well, if you do it, I'll do it. So eventually um, she and her, uh, and her adult son and I uh, joined up for nano. And um, out of that came my first novel. And um, it's like hitting your head against the brick wall the first time. You know, like, what do you write about? Because I had in my head some grand vista of a novel. <laughs> then I realized I don't like that kind of book that much anymore. <laughs> I wanted something, you know, twisty, turny, but fun. And so I came up with a character, Yancey Franklin, a um, not terribly successful private investigator who stumbles upon a um, international conspiracy that's deep in time and um, basically aimed at, um, at uh, uh, slicing and dicing Canada. Uh, it's as a prize as amongst all of the uh, various um, underground groups. So here's this PI and his, uh, as in his lifelong friend, and it's the two of them up against <laughs> this big evil. And um, so I finished that. Well, it, well, I actually wrote the first chapter and that's what got me going. It was a tank goes down Bay Street, which for those who aren't in Canada, that's our, that's the Canadian equivalent of Wall Street. And it tank goes down uh, Bay Street blowing up all of the financial institutions. Which is a very exciting beginning of a book. I thought so. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, this is fun. <laughs> so I kept going. Um, and after that was finished, um, I said, okay, I don't have any more books in me. But, but then you go, well, you know, what if? <laughs> what would happen after those events? And that came the second book. Um, then I, then I took a pause from that and then I decided to, well, I, as I was reading, uh, horror as I uh, at the time, you know, as I was going back and rereading Lovecraft and those type of things and, um, werewolves for whatever reason were big that year. And I'm going, oh, werewolves are dumb. Werewolves are stupid, but you know, there's a way to make them real. That's not fair to werewolves. <laughs> So that was born the werewolves of winter. You know, what if they were like a plague that sort of came and went? It's, you know, how would society cope? So there were two books in, uh, it's in that one. And that was getting pretty depressing as hell. Um, stop. Before you go on, because there's some notes I want to make on these yeah. books that you went. Um, Historical Niagara which we also know as Dave, would like to know if you gave your gargoyles names. And we did discuss that earlier. Yes, I call him, well, he told me his name was Gar. <laughs> which disappointed me when I asked. <laughs> well, as he calls us mere human squishies, you know, it being a creature <laughs> of stone is that he is. But gargoyles are nice and would not squish people because they are protective and not mean, despite what they may look like. That is the point of Gargoyles, Brian. <laughs> he enjoys scaring the kids at Halloween. 
so when don't so when you were writing the ascending darkness <laughs> darkness books there was something that you said one of the difficulties that you had was finding a p underground political name that yes. hasn't been used yet <laughs> yeah i mean if you've got uh, it's a um it's a, a centuries old uh political organization that's underground that's secret what do you call it that hasn't been used before i mean this is a common trope that's in movies and books and you know so i came up with one as i came up with several and then i realized no <laughs> somebody else has been using this so i came up with one that was new and, it's the sword it's the you have sword to read of the infinity book to find ascending. out you have yes to, you have to read the book to find out hi susan welcome hi susan <laughs> So um, then you got into the werewolves. Yes. And and you came up with what in your mind would be a practical solution to how werewolves could come about with a Yes. Virus. Yes. And you threw out a couple of those. And yes. you're not you're not doing very well with <laughs> with the marketing. <laughs> no, werewolves no. are stupid. <laughs> um, I do. Yeah, but then you go, but what if? Right. It's and, the what if that keeps the story going. Yeah. And you go, you know, you may think that an idea is dumb, but then it sits in the back of your mind. You go, you know, I could make this work. You know, it's this. Um, but uh, both those series were were kind of heavy. You know, they were emotionally draining for me. Um, the werewolf one was supposed to be a standalone. That was supposed to be a doom and gloom where everybody dies in the end um very Hi. angsty book and, but i and so i started writing that and go i can't do this i don't believe in that i don't believe in a no-win scenario um like captain kirk yeah um <laughs> and you go no you can fight back damn it so i came up with ways and one of my uh, readers uh, wrote back to me and said he had great time um, reading the book to his children, I thought it was not exactly a children's book, but uh, he was fine with it. The kids were fine with it. And it started them talking and discussing. And to me, that's one of the highest compliments any reader can uh, pay a writer, is it got them thinking and talking. I, I think that's what people don't understand when they talk about reading, like, you know the word boring will come up not with us but there are people brian out there just just stay solid there while i mm -hmm. say this there are people out there who will say reading is boring you know you're by yourself and this is not true there is nothing more animated than people getting together and discussing a book mm -hmm. like look at us and yeah. and and so and so for an author to have their book discussed that somebody somebody delved into it that much is is the highest compliment yeah i think you, yeah yeah it, it is really um but i was uh, thinking about uh you and i as we're talking about bob and the various meanings in it uh it's the other day and um okay you're jumping ahead we have well we, no 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 <laughs> kind <But> of maybe <laughs> it, but it occurred to me that books can be a mirror of of the reader's inner self um 
so that they will see things that the writer may not necessarily have seen or or um, thought terribly important. But that's the joy of being a writer is you discover things about yourself and your thinking, but then it's also how people view it from their own perspectives. And that's, um, that's I wouldn't say it's a slap across the head, but it's, it's really a wake up call. Yeah. Well, it kind of, well, it kind of set me back on my heels going, really? And when you think about it, they're paying you a compliment. I, I must set you back on your heels a lot, Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I've learned to take that with a, uh, as, uh, as with a grain of salt. But, um, but it's really, it's really nifty. It's one of the it's, nicest parts of being a writer is to hear feedback from people. The echoes. We'll call those the echoes. The feedback. Yeah, well, is your voice, echoes. Your voice. Goes out. I know that echoes traditionally mean you they say the same thing back. Yeah. Okay. But we'll just pretend it doesn't. Just just for this, Brian, give me this. Okay. And we'll say you spoke out into the world and the world sent you back an echo. But it was yes. it was from their perspective. It is because whispers in the darkness. Whispers in the darkness. Okay, we'll we'll be dramatic. The whispers in the darkness. But what if it's daytime? So before we get into this Bob discussion, <laughs> which is going to be big, um, Alison, do you want to tell us a little bit about about Bob? Like tell, yeah. tell the audience a little bit about Bob. The, I'll tell you the uh, real Bob. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> as from a reader's uh, point of view, uh, from my point of view, the first two series were kind of heavy, dark. Um, I needed something lighter. The politics at the time were dire. <laughs> Trump had just been elected. Um, I know I'm not supposed to say things like that. No, sorry. no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. We're in. <laughs> we're in it. But you know, I'm things, already in trouble. I was 10 minutes early. Things were darkness. So I wanted something light. Um, I'm, uh, I'm an old guy. As I'm 70 years old. And I've been reading since I was like five. And uh, I wanted... I grew up with the old style science fiction, the, you know, the adventures where the line between science fiction and fantasy didn't really exist. It was, it was about the story. It was about the plot and having fun. Sure. There were message stories, yeah, lots of them, but there are a lot of them that were just for fun. They touched on issues, but they, it's, but they carried you along and made you forget the world. And that's what I tried to do with Bob whether I've succeeded or not, well, you know, um, I will leave that up to the readers, but it's been a lot of fun for me. Um, it's forced me to, to think more deeply in terms of not just plot, but meaning, um, you know, voice and structure. Um, it, it was, the means by which I experimented was with different writing tools and different writing processes, um, which, as every writer knows, that's a great way to uh, uh, procrastinate from, is from the actual business of writing. Um, but it's a, a, it's a lot of fun. And I tried to put that into Bob, although bad things happen. It's, as you said, um, Bob rises above 
and he tries to bring everyone else above it as well. You know, yeah, so he's, so he's trying, not just in it for himself. You're trying to get all your words in before I get started, Brian. That's what you're trying to do. Go listen to his people. Well, you've had a lot of time to perfect things with Bob because Bob is, it's, is up to book five. Yes. And they're not little people. They're not little people. <laughs> they're little people inside the books, but <laughs> they're not little books, people. Okay. There are, I started reading Bob number five because I wanted to read it right before the show and I didn't estimate my time. So I haven't quite finished Bob <laughs> number five for this show. So I was looking up because I'm like, this is a lot of entertainment. One of the great things about indie writers is that their books tend they tend to price their books lower knowing that they're not published books and people are taking a chance on them and so you can get all five books with the set and the last book for 14 dollars on on amazon american yeah if, yeah, yeah um i did do a compilation of books one through four i have and that was 9.99 yes so and then this new book is Four dollars American, right. five dollars so Canadian. Fourteen dollars yeah. American. Um, those are facts. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I just no, no, no. You were checking your head. It's okay. You wanted it. So this is a lot of entertainment for fourteen dollars in in this day's world. Just, just you know, throwing it out there, guys. Probably um, this much shelf space in paperbacks. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> for like half the bookshelf in paperbacks. So yes, that is on Kindle. The paperbacks are, of course, more. But yeah. um, but then you get to have the Bob story forever and ever. And where was I going with? Okay, so you've had a lot of time to perfect this, and a lot of books to perfect this, and like it. And you wouldn't have gotten that far if you weren't having fun writing Bob. Yeah, yeah, it's true. He is. He is. Now, what I liked about him, what drew me to Bob in the very first place, is that his name was Bob. It wasn't. Sometimes I get a little frustrated with, you know, these names that you never hear anywhere and you don't know how to pronounce and these like just all these scenarios. But Bob is Bob and he is the hero, just like we all are. So I like the Bob. <laughs> and, you know, he, you know, uh, it's his uncle Sid and his aunt Frida. So, you know, he's got. Now, I do explain this as for people think that I'm playing uh, fast and loose as with these, um, as with these interstellar uh, civilizations. Um, I do come up with a reason. <laughs> you have a reason for everything. Like reading the last one because it's been a while and then like reading the last one. Like there is, honestly, people, this is good writing. You, Brian, you wouldn't be here if you could. You're not here because of your personality. <laughs> you have a lovely true. personality. <laughs> no, um, you are here because even like this last one, I'm just I'm just amazed by it because it's so smooth. Like the tech is there, but it's not screaming in your face. 
like it is it's like you you've just perfected everything to this last book you can see it growing so like the tech is there it's not screaming in your face it's explaining why this can happen or that can happen because of pre-ownership of something or this happened before or whatever these people from this world like there's there's like the trade routes there it's all it's all out there like i can almost see the planning as it goes but we don't know it it runs smoothly i have a bit of advantage in that i'm that i'm building on uh, existing science fiction tropes that are that have been around for what uh, 80 years <laughs> um so i just have to mention it and with a brief sketch and people go well, oh yeah 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 i know what he means by that so there is that it's not like i'm you know building it from scratch yeah, but, but nobody is anymore. It's, yeah. it's it's all been done. What you need to do is take your original voice and your original thoughts and make it your own. And you did. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Um. So it, that is the thing. Now we are going to come back. So that's what Bob is. And Bob grows, just to let you know, Bob grows through this series, through all of these things, until at the end, like all of us, he's got almost growing children and and a, a wife and they have complications and that's it that's i'm not giving spoilers but that's a no. normal life so i don't think that's a spoiler so now we get to the discussion brian <laughs> um, the other thing that i think people should be aware of is that in the first two books bob is, has powers almost like a god um his civilization has augmented the human form tremendously um and then he loses all of that and he becomes human, just a regular human. Yeah, yeah. And for him, um, what a lot of the people around him don't realize is how much he's lost. He, you know, is his senses have been cut back oh, to a of what they were. Discussion. You're cheating. Of course. <laughs> I'm a writer. That's what I do, Vicky. <laughs> Plotting out this discussion, and, you're despicable. Uh, so, but so that well, yeah, there is that. <laughs> um, but the, but 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 the rest of the series is how he copes with being only human, and the answer is um, mostly okay ish. I <laughs> he, he has his moments where he does very well, and he has moments where his head is basically slammed against the, the brick wall. We need to learn to discuss these things without giving away the book, Brian, to prove us. So we're going to... Well, that's not giving was, anything away. I was going to start, first of all, I was going to say that you did mention that I kind of... It was, it was, it was kind of interesting how I really got into the characters and tried to figure them out. Mm -hmm. What I heard was it was really weird, Vicky, that you... No. <laughs> No, you said interesting. Um, no, I have no, thought no. about was... it more, and you are correct. It is the the writer's responsibility ends when the book is put out there, and whatever the readers deign to share is perfectly correct and legitimate. And I had forgotten that. Here it is in public, people. Okay, I will I'm, apologize I'm, to Vicky. I'm I'm speechless. I <laughs> I don't even know what to say. But I wasn't even going to go there. I was going to talk about 
like, first of all, I want to know, you know, if you're out there, you can go on Facebook, on Ficky with Ficky. Um, you can comment underneath this on the YouTube channel or any of the platforms, I'm sure. How into your characters do you get? Like, is it just me or does everybody or at least one other person get into their character's motivations. I think it's motivations and understanding why they do what they do. But I looked up, I looked up, we were discussing the moral of the story, which means the lesson the story teaches us about how to behave in the world, right? The moral of the story. I'm big on the moral of the story. I need to have growth. I need to know what this character is telling me because I've always thought of books as templates. I'm not that <clears throat> we are godlike or that we, well, most of us are right, but <laughs> we are godlike or any of these things, but that, but that, um, you know, we have things in our lives that happen that could go with that so i think i think that you know i get into bob because i want to know his motivations for these things happening and there's a lot of reflection in the real world to the bob character and things that have happened and you don't understand the moral until you understand the motivation so i see it now that brian has told you that he has lost a lot i see it that he has gained a lot and and that having to live a different path from his family and what they're used to is is made him a stronger person a more compassionate person and a more loving person and he had you know that dysfunctional family that okay say for example all right he <laughs> and i've got an example here he lost his power as a god but what if someone was disinherited and they lost the power of their money? They would miss it, <laughs> but they would go on to find, I mean, money is very powerful. You know, people almost think of rich people as being godlike. So you can do anything if you have that money. So if you were disinherited because you didn't agree with your family's power, then you would be upset for a while. You wouldn't know how to live, but then you would overcome it. Okay. <laughs> Brian, this was supposed to be the show. Apologizing to me right off the bat. Just knocked <laughs> off. Like, well, not really. No. I'm not saying that your views are correct. I'm just saying that they're valid. <laughs> you said they were correct. I have it on tape. This is being recorded. You said you are correct, Vicky. So the point here is that, yes, the writer has to like, the writer cannot, does not control the story after it goes out there. And all of our, of our experiences will gravitate to the thing that most is most familiar to us in the books, I mm -hmm. think. We'll, we'll take that. Because it has a million little stories. You can't get through five books that big without having, like, off branches and, and right. whatever. Yeah, I've, as, as I've had to really trim. Like, I've got a number of short stories and notes and so on for little side journeys. Uh, one of the things I'm looking at for book six is to include a number of the little short stories. And they are short stories, short shorts, um, that 
investigate some of Bob's early days, which I throw away with a sentence or two in a book, but were so interesting that I had to write a little story to explain to myself um, that aspect. Because Bob, well, for example, after reading Bob, Bob one, you quite like the character, but um, how did Bob become Bob that we see? I mean, I, I make references to bad times and good times, but because they weren't a major part of the story as I saw it, I simply mentioned them, tried to show the effects they had on him and his interactions with the world and people and left it at that. But there were some of the stories that niggled at me so much that I had to write them out. Um, like, imagine what Bob would be like as a child. <laughs> no, For but... people that haven't read the stories, you know, he is, he's a very annoying man sometimes. He's very headstrong. So he... can you imagine something like that being a child? But you, he, but, but he has to be. I mean, we all have to be headstrong from time to time, right? You're yes. being too judgmental. Um, <laughs> I'm allowed. I'm a writer. <laughs> oh, you have, to, and this, and this is what I think. When you do that, when you say, "Okay, what was he like for a child?" Even if that backstory, what you said is okay. Book six, Brian has said, is the last book in this series, yep. and we don't know when it's coming out yet. Um. But it's 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 there and it's being worked on. Okay. And you have and you have a lot of time to read books one to five, and you're going to need that. <laughs> okay. Brian, I'll if, if, see if you agree with this. All of the backstory, whether it turns out in the book, up in the book or not, contributes to the book. Oh yes. It helps you to solidify the motivation of the character. Yes. But what you're saying is book six is going to be the finale book and it's going to sort of close, sort of cap off all the little stories. And it, just it caps off have. the major arc as I saw it. Bob started out as a one-time standalone book. And then I realized, well, you know, what if? And that what if niggle was very strong. You know, if, you know, if it's a case of, eh, I wonder what would happen if, oh, well. Uh, but if you go, you know, and hence expanded to the second book and um, where he loses his powers at the end of book two. That's not going to spoil anything because we've already mentioned that. But I said, okay, well, what would someone like Bob, who's used to being almost a god, going anywhere he wants, doing anything he wants to do, answering to no one. How would someone like that handle being only human? <laughs> um, more importantly, how would his enemies <laughs> handle uh, what they would now see as easy prey? Um, but Bob being Bob um, overcomes. Um, one of my readers um latched on to the Bob is a cripple among his kind um theme and that resonated with her uh as very strongly 
uh, and the idea of family resonated with you. Um, so I think there's a lot of different resonance points, if you will, within the series, as in all of them. But um, book um, four ended with Bob being married with children. Oh, yes, okay. <laughs> and book five came out because I started thinking, what sort of parent would Bob be? Because don't forget, he's close to a thousand years old. He's had a lot of training, a lot of experience, a lot of bad things happen in his life. He, he has no conception of how to be a proper parent. And he doesn't uh, even know the baby shark song. Exactly. No, I, I think I think the older you get, the more difficult. I'm not saying people don't make good parents when they're older. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the more difficult it is to be innocent about the whole thing. You've seen things happen. You know yeah. what can happen, and and so that is on your mind always. You know, you can't close mm -hmm. your eyes like like when you're in your when you're younger. Um, and you do get a little further away from that younger, the young, younger <laughs> lifestyle. Right? Not that baby shark, I guess baby shark is a lifestyle, but, and I don't even know if baby shark is in anymore because I don't have little ones, but, but you get away from all of those things. So it can either be a joy and you return to that or you know, whatever, but we won't discuss what Bob does because we want people to read the book. Honestly, I'm going to give you guys a class on how to discuss without <laughs> giving too much information. Oh, I see that uh, Susan has asked a question. Oh, you're waiting for me to, to read it. You okay, could have well, read uh, it. Okay. Uh, it's what uh, book no, no, now I'm putting up. No, I'm reading it. All right. <laughs> Will book six be integral or an anthology? And you did not make that clear. No. Um, it'll either be a great big honking novel, as like book five was, or um, a big novel and a handful of short stories. Okay. But but it'll it'll all be canon. But the short stories are short short stories. You know, they're like a thousand words, fifteen hundred words. Um, they will be canon. They will they will expand upon aspects of Bob's personality. You know what? You know what? Because I need to have more people to discuss this book with. So on the air, I'm going to make a commitment. If enough people read this book and contact me, I will have an online book club and Brian will come and we'll hear all <laughs> the perspectives on, 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 um, Bob, but I don't foresee that happening for like a year because there's like five big books to read before we can do it. <laughs> read faster, read faster. <laughs> so go out there and 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 get those Bob books um, because I, so I'm going to add. Okay, so if it's one thing I will a, add about the it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's about the Bob series. Um, in my formative years, many decades ago, there was a thing called the Ace Double. And that was put up by a company called Ace. And it was um, a pair of books. They were a paperback and two and uh, two complete novels. Probably we'd call them novelettes now. Um, and a lot of now famous authors got their start in that. There are also 
there are also a lot of hacks. I'm not going to lie. But for the most part, they were fun. And no. that was what I am aiming for with Bob. Something of the better quality ace doubles. Um. For, for those of you <laughs> who know about the ace doubles, um, is I'll understand Google the reference. Ace doubles. I will be Googling ace doubles later and, and figure that out. But no, Bob is fun. And once again, we need to really read for entertainment, I think. Yeah. It, yeah. it, 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 um, and so I'm giving orders on what I think because, um, <laughs> well, no, what what true. well, as I, well, as, as I mentioned to you the other day, uh, one of my readers is who had bought as my books, um, came back and said, these are good. I, I think he was shocked. They were actually readable, but you know, they're, they're fun and not everything has to be heavy. No, it doesn't. And yet there's enough story there like that that you can spend hours thinking about motivations thinking yeah. about it you could do a book club on bob but it's not deep and and because it's out of this world you know we're not thinking about this world it takes us it takes us away and i yeah, think we need to have it is a lighter read that's that's what i'm aiming for something that you don't have to make it and, like a job to read and something you can read in the backyard yeah, yeah. on vacation. <laughs> I made it like a job this week, but I still didn't get still enjoyed it. <laughs> I still didn't get through it. Um so so that is the thing about paperbacks. I will give it to paperbacks or hardcovers. Is it, it completely removes you away from the technical world. Like mm -hmm. there's no I used to read on a because I didn't want too many devices and I didn't want to create too many devices. Um a, my phone, right? Mm. Or you can read on your computer with the Kindle app. And I now have an actual Kindle book. But when you do that, there's still things popping up or it's easy to check something, or you know, the text goes off that you can leave for a later date. Uh so so it is nice to get the paperback to do that. Yep. I'm always in a hurry and I'm getting books from all over. So I tend to um, go with Kindle or whatever yep. to do that. So I have the nice thing about an e-reader that I'm appreciating more uh, now that I'm old is, uh, is, Word is size. You can, yeah, you can change the font size. So if you're having a bad eye day, then you make it big. Yeah. If no, your eyes that... are okay that day, then you can shrink them down. Thanks for mentioning uh, that because that's why I moved from the phone to the Kindle because it was getting too hard to read and I found that mm -hmm. I wasn't reading. I was avoiding it and I couldn't figure out why. And so, yes, the ability to make the, the font bigger is, is a big thing. As well as I had a writer on once whose wrists are are bothering her, like with mm -hmm. arthritis. So if the book is too big, it's too heavy for her to even hold yep. on to. Whereas when you make the font big, you can just take this baby and, you know, put well, it on the desk or table or something. Uh, here's my Kobo, you know, so it's got a picture of the haiku cat on it. Um, <laughs> Which we have to get to. Yes. But, you know, you can hold it in one hand. You know, uh, there are a number of them. I just happen to have a Kobo. 
Yeah, no, we just happen to have whatever. It's not like anyone's yeah. paying us for endorsements, but they could if they wanted to. Yes. <laughs> I can switch to Google. Brian can switch to Kindle. If the bucks are good enough, we'll do it. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to Haiku Cat. So, Brian, because like I don't even know where. Brian, what is a haiku? There's the beautiful Eddie on the cover of Haiku Cat. Haiku um, is a Japanese poetry form um, where the syllable count, you have three lines. The first line is five syllables. Second line is seven. Third line is five syllables. Um, traditionally, the object is to, um, to be a philosophical insight into something or other. Um, I started doing haikus a few years ago just for fun. And I found that I really liked it. So I would scroll these down, tweet them out, um, like every cat owner, I take a zillion pictures of my cats and I would attach a haiku to it. And the picture's um, not the cats, people. Yeah. <laughs> Although there were times I would have gladly sent out the cats. Um, that's also something that every cat owner can understand. But um, especially when the vet bills come due. Um, so yeah, it's it's just one of those things. Uh, you and I were talking about this uh, the other day, and it's the forcing you to think in a specific rhythm and cadence. It's 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 a discipline, um, which is really nice for for a writer. Um, it's like a tool to get your your mind warmed up like you might shake out your hands uh, as part of starting but this shakes out the mind it forces you to think clearly and um crisply you have to crispen up your um, language um and sometimes that's not enough so you have to play with words and play with ideas in different ways that you wouldn't and that's the joy of the haiku i think um but it's also interesting. I'm not entirely sure where they all come from. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll say, okay, here's a picture of a cat. And you go, what's he trying to tell me? Sometimes it's it's really screamingly obvious. But, uh, but other times, if you're feeling particularly fluffy, you say, well, what if, you know, with, you know, what would the cat be sneering at you about this time? You know, is the food bowl empty when you can see like, is a half a square centimeter um, as of the bowl at the bottom, the rest covered by food, which I do go into in the book, um, or sunbeams, just a look of pure bliss on their face when they're stretched out in a sunbeam, what's going through their furry little alien minds. And uh, yeah, so anyway, that, that, uh, that, that, that was it. And I've been broadcasting these out, showing them to my, uh, writer friends like Vicky and Janice, who's on last week, and Susan, um, and Judith, and uh, Judith, uh, not Judith, Janice uh, came up with the idea to say, Brian, you really should put the, all these into a book. And Vicky, bless, bless your heart, <laughs> uh, decided that would be a good thing. And when people, and when Vicky decides something is a good thing. She will hammer away at you until it gets done. Okay, how can you beat the name Haiku Cat? Like that is the marketing. <laughs> that is just 
No, Vicky will be Vicky will encourage you until you do what's best for you, Brian. Which is what Vicky wants. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, thank you to Janice and Vicky for this for the encouragement and the nagging. So and I sat nice. down and I went through them all and I went through all the pictures, through hundreds of pictures. And um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, a few smiles, a few tears, you know, because I've known some cats for the years and Eddie's the only one that's left of them. So well, that, it, you know, which is why the uh, dedication in the book um, kind of means something to me. It's um, to all my feline friends, some are gone, but none are forgotten. Um, yeah, it's, so so this is the book that that totally describes a bittersweet story. It, it is no, but I mean for so you, the writing of the not bitter, okay, sad and sweet. Yeah, the so, the <clears throat> if the writing of it had moments of joy and moments of of I had to brush away a tear, um, but um, that's the life of a writer. We suffer for our audience. If you, if, it, if it doesn't make you cry, it's not worth writing. Yeah. Now, somebody look that up because I know somebody great said it, not me. Yeah. But I'll be darned no if I No tears on the page, no tears on the reader. That's, that's, that's true. Now, I want to point out, since this haiku frenzy has started in the world, like people, you have to make Vicky's nagging worthwhile. <laughs> so go get this book. Um, so since it's the frenzy has started, that we have started, I've been playing with haiku because you can't help but doing it because it's almost mm -hmm. addictive. Okay, I'm telling you, you make up one haiku, you're sitting there the rest of the day making those syllables fit into 17, five, seven, five. And, and I found it quite grounding. It was, it was very, it would take whatever big feeling you might be having because the washing machine broke down or whatever. And then you started the show 10 minutes early. I got to write that haiku. Um, and it broke it down. So by the time you figured out all those syllables and things, mm -hmm. you weren't so upset anymore because you had had to take the time so i think and i think other people should give me a break from the nagging i brian still has a stack of haikus out there so i think his next book should be grounding with haiku <laughs> <laughs> i'm already nagging that one <laughs> but the, yeah plus get bob Can brian read one of I his will. books <laughs> one of your haikus or bribe, oh, well, yeah, uh, Dave wants me to read a book or to uh, read a book. Well, why do you <laughs> see Dave's comment and I don't? I don't know. I don't see Dave's comment. Well, okay, here's here's one here. Oh, can you? There's a picture of Eddie in his tree. The, the associated haiku, furry cat, like a cloud, floats above mere mortal staff, aloof and perfect. <laughs> And there you here's go. here's one that that I must share. Here's Eddie laying on his side, looking cute. Shelter cats are best, like diamonds in the rough. Some more than others. Which is true. Oh, my cats have been a shelter cat, so I'm a big fan of shelter cats. I think it's I think it's the only way 
I think it's the only way to go with pets. So that's always been my life philosophy. Do you have other questions on there from people that I yes. haven't seen? From Stick to the Story and Media Productions, are, are bribes books available online or hard copy only or both? I'm not sure what he means by oh, okay. that. Okay. Uh, he means, um, can you get your books in stores or are they just online purchases? Oh, um, that the reality of it is um, probably online is your best bet. Um, you'd have to go to the store and let them know that you want it in the store. Otherwise, indie authors don't get in stores. They're not big. They're not big on indie authors. Yeah, I mean, no, pretty much no. you're going to get indie authors in there because the fact is they to print that many books and to put them in all different stores and keep track of them and gather them up is, is a lot, is yeah. a lot. You're do it yourself, but that goes too far. So yes, you can get the other issue is about paperbacks is that I get them done through KDP, Amazon, which is a print on demand service and other companies, other booksellers don't like to sell books produced by Amazon. <laughs> Yeah, there's. It's, it's amazing it's, how many different um, places have like can do jealousies it. like that. Yeah, but, well, but it's you, not just but that, you, but you the can purchaser, Brian, Brian, yeah, sorry, purchaser Brian. can get the purchaser themselves can get a, a a paperback on Amazon, Kobo, Barnes and Nobles, all of them. You're on all yeah. of them, right? Yeah. So if yeah. you go, if you go to any of them, you will find just put in Brian Griner, um, Haiku Cat. Or whatever, and you will, and you will find them there. Because Brian, we have ten minutes left. Twelve. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so when we talk, I don't even know what we can talk about in ten minutes. But you just go off on the fact that I'm supposed to be keeping my hands still. So here we go. Um, you go off that indie authors are the do-it-yourselfers of writing. Mm -hmm. There are a million things that have to be done to get that book up online, to get that book to to um the distributors to get that book after the writing it doesn't stop with the writing so mm -hmm. i know that you actually went when i talk about you don't know where his brain's going to go brian actually um narrated a book for yes for uh, bob one bob one Bob one, he he narrated himself for as an audio book, and you can also get that as well. But that there are steps there that people don't even understand. Oh yeah, it was. I'm a guy that likes to tinker, so to find something new that I haven't tinkered with is fun. You know, the first the, the first indication that this is going to go badly wrong is I think to myself, how hard can it be? <laughs> And I, that's, that's like, those are the fatal words, are they? They are the fatal words. I should know better, but I'm only a man. Um, and I'm used to running straight into uh, brick walls, and I do that, and it's fun. <laughs> um, but it's a very nerdy process, um, but it's rewarding in many ways, and you can get totally sick of your book, and it's in all new ways. <laughs> <laughs> it's by the end of the process. Which um, is why you're more critical of Bob than I am. <laughs> yeah, I think I've sold three of the audiobooks. Um, there's very little, one of the things I dislike 
about the audiobook process is you tend to be limited in the price you can set for it, more so than books, and it's bad enough with books. Um, so I think it's a bit pricey, but what do I know? It's um, you know, it's like the paperbacks. Um, I said it. Whatever form people buy my books, I get the same royalty. It's within a few pennies. Um, I don't ask for much, but I ask for some. No. I, all, all the indie authors I know are very generous with their prices to customers. Um, and and so, but they don't. They don't have control over that. No. And, and they don't. And they do. The thing is, with indie writing, and we'll get into this more with different people later on and i'm gonna to have to have brian back because he is the king of the do-it-yourselfers when it comes to writing and uh it's um we're running out but i know there's nine minutes left but that's not very much when you're talking to brian no. so <laughs> so oh no he came over uh, to the other one <laughs> is that a head in the jar behind brian no that's a that is my evil clone inside a helmet that i made but he does have some of his heads in, you put them in bottles. Yes. Uh, in bottles. Um, what I did for Christmas gift is I took that same image, made it small, and put it inside a transparent globe. And I sent it to some former co-workers. So that so they that actually... It, yeah, so that they could always have me with them. Okay. So Now, as far as do-it-yourselfers, one of the things about the audiobook is to see what the process was. Well, you know, you can joke about how hard can it be, but until you've done it, you don't know the process. So you don't know what questions to ask. So if you ever go out, have it done by someone them. else. Yeah. Yeah. At least you are speaking from some knowledge and experience about what it is. Like with editing, um, I'm a big fan of edit yourself, learn how to do it. Um, it's hard. It really is. And that's why there are professional editors. But if as an author, you can tweak it pretty well, <clears throat> that means your editor is going to have an easier time of it. And that means they're going to charge you less money. But you'll also know what type of editor you need and what each type of editor should be bringing to your book. And it's well, your book in the end. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> not gonna touch that <laughs> okay so this is the point making creating a book as an indie author is like building a house so you have to decide what jobs you want to do and what ones you want to contract it mm -hmm. and when you've tried to do them yourself you're more understanding of why the prices are the way they are making it easier for you to work with one of those contractors whether it is a uh cover artist or an editor or an audio reader or any of the above but the the point is is that most indie authors are retired are just people writing a book so they don't always have that that money themselves um the same as with plumbing i mean this morning you went out and fixed the kitchen sink literally mm. yeah <laughs> so <laughs> So uh, this is this is the thing with with being an indie author is there's a lot of choices to make along the way and we're we're talking about formatting 
to get the book yep. online. But it's part of the magic of books for me. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Producing a book, producing a finished book, you've got to write, you've got to edit, you've got to uh, look at fonts, you have to look at um, ebook versus uh, versus paperback, and there's different ways that each are done. Um, within e it's within ebook, there are two different formats: EPUB two and EPUB three, as I found out. Uh, when I did Haiku Cat, <laughs> um, and there are some issues um, which aren't easily fixed, but I figure out how to do it so I can do it now. Um, so it's um, for for someone like me, it's fun. Yeah, it, it depends on the person, but most importantly, I think we we're not looking here. Most authors are not looking to uh, be the next great you know, writer, mm. they are writing. But what it does also learning all of these things and that as an older person is it keeps your brain going as it keeps it younger. It keeps it um, up to date with the tech. All of those things happen when you're writing. Yes, and it helps to keep your vocabulary of curse words current and fluent. <laughs> only need one or two brian you only need one or two the heavy hitters and then you're okay <laughs> um, yes, we've had those discussions too uh but but no it it does it's what if brian would you ever you would stop writing when you're ready to stop writing but not before oh heavens yes i have no the the only thing keeping me going are the voices inside my head. <laughs> the ones in the bottle. <laughs> That's why you have to put your head in the bottle to drown yeah. them out from time. Well, the other thing is what the head is in the bottle is it came up with a user manual that I, that, that I sent along is with the gifts. And I said that, you know, uh, part of the thing was to create a psychic link between the, the B-R-I-A-N, which was the uh, head in the bottle, and the original Brian was is what's for people is to send the original Brian whiskey is to help keep the <laughs> psychic link going. That's one way of doing it. I haven't heard of that way yeah. of doing it before, but yeah. that that's definitely a way of doing it. Okay, Brian, this has been fun. <laughs> well, we, well, we still have two minutes we still have two minutes and i have to do my ending but this two minutes is so hard because we can't introduce a new conversation uh our brian in the bottle has come down to sharing whiskey for psychic connections so i'm not sure there's much more we can do with that uh <laughs> i did okay you know what i i did stay active stay curious and write even if you've never written before, I encourage everyone to try it. Well, you, it gets a lot out there and then it's not stuck inside you. So then that can open yeah. up your mind for new things. And like we said, writing haikus is grounding. Any kind mm -hmm. of writing is grounding. And it brings it brings the problems of the day to a short. It gives you a place to go. Something you can say to people when they're annoying you with plans you don't want to attend. I'm sorry, I have to write. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I have to get Bob out there. The readers are bugging me. <laughs> Vicky is nagging me. Janice is nagging me. Everybody's nagging me. 
Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> so, um, you want book sales? We'll give you book sales. I now want to see Haiku Cat on t-shirts, mugs, <laughs> <laughs> and many other things. Like, I was thinking like ramen noodles, and each one could have a little different haiku on it, like different flavors, like the celestial tea. I've, as I actually have put uh, pictures of uh, cats onto uh, mugs. So, and you have a lot of pictures of cats because you've had a lot of cats. Yeah. So next time we talk, we're going to get into public domain. <clears throat> we're going to stay more focused, Brian. And you're not going to throw off my arguments by telling me I'm correct before the show <laughs> even starts. Because, and we will start on time. Uh, I, I that was a very Bob that. tactic. That's uh, <laughs> a very Bob tactic. Yes, but somehow I like him. <laughs> so we're going to, I'm going to say thank you, Brian. Um, I'm going to see you in a couple minutes at writing's group anyway. Yep. <laughs> so I won't really say goodbye, but thank you for coming and we'll have to do this again. It was Yes. Fun. Yeah, it was okay. fun. Take care. Bye everyone. <laughs> okay. Next week, Brian is always fun. Next week, our guest is going to be Mark Ryan. Mark is a actor, author, singer, and action director. He's been Mr. Gates on the stars Black Sails, which I love because it's pirates. Nazir on the Robin of Sherwood series. Um, it was a British series. And the voice of more than just one Transformer. His biography, Hold Fast, a Hollywood pirate story tale is more fantastical than fiction, and his Wildwood Tarot is my go-to deck and has been for a while. So I'm definitely looking forward to next week, and I hope you are too, and there won't be any mishaps like this week. But till then, may your stories, may your coffee be hot and your stories be sweet. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye now.